Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks podcast. I'm Aaron, your host for today, joined here by Nate. We are here to talk about the NBA, as you heard yesterday on our Week 10 NFL recap. Uh, Nate couldn't join us yesterday, but he's here today. Thank goodness. Um, and we are going to give you guys, hopefully, some different information and tidbits about the NBA season so far. Um, a little bit tag like ragtag podcast here didn't have too much of a plan going into it but i think it's going to be good um nate, probably going to be pretty sporadic yeah nate compiled some different interesting statistics or different performances or different surprises for teams here and there and then the second half of the podcast which i think many of you will be interested in is going to be a slight in-depth look at the differences between prism and optic right now and what's going on with the silver from prism and the hollow parallel from optic uh, it's quite interesting, and I really recommend sticking around to hear that because I think that some of these numbers are going to be pretty shocking to you um, and what's going on over there. And also, there's some opportunity in certain years uh, to make some money right now. So, Nate wants to start us off with some interesting t- uh, statistics and different f- uh, fun facts from the NBA that you found. Yeah, yeah, we can start off with that. Uh, quick question for you, Aaron. Yeah. LeBron James is number one in assists in the NBA. Is he? Who's number two? <sighs> number two. Oh, I know. I just saw it today. Uh, Luca. Wrong. Oh, he's third. Dang it. Luca's really good, but he's only third. Trey Young. Sixth. Um, also, my boy Devontae Graham. Eighth. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> really good. Um, I don't know. Who is number two? Jokic. Malcolm Brogdon. Oh, I should have known. He's so Malcolm good. Malcolm Brogdon, 94 assists, second in the league. LeBron, on the other hand, has been on a whole other level. He's at 110 assists. What's that per game? Have they played 10 games? Per game. Uh, assists per game. LeBron James, 11. Dang. Luca Lee, Luca's second in assists per game at 9.1. Dang. Yeah. So it's uh, impressive. Um, you know who leads player efficiency rating? PER. Ooh, I saw someone really high the other day. I was just looking at someone was at like thirty something. I'd like to say Giannis. You're right. Giannis yeah. leads the league in PER. Was it 30, 30, 33? 33.8. Oh, that's Damian total Lillard guess. is second at thirty point seven. You know, that's who I actually was looking at. I was looking at Damian Lillard. But I said Giannis because that was a smarter guess. Also, I love Lillard. He is so good. 40%. Oh, Lillard's amazing. 40% three-point shooting on 10 attempts per game. Yeah. Lillard's insane. Um, Giannis obviously has been having a great year. Everyone knows that. So I'm not here to talk about Giannis. Uh, but I just wanted to bring up his name because a 33.8 through 10 games in the season is quite significant it seems like every single night he's putting up 30 plus points 15 plus rebounds and five plus assists adding a couple steals or a block it's pretty ridiculous yeah uh the last his last like six games he's ever he's gotten over 30 points and like 15 rebounds every game almost yeah a- adding in uh on average like five uh, five assists i think for the year he's at like 29 points per game um like 14 rebounds or something like that and seven assists, which is numbers that have never been hit before. Do you think uh, him and LeBron are the two front runners for MVP right now? I honestly do think 
uh, Giannis is the front runner. I, I know I'm very biased. Yeah. But he's doing things where people are like, he just had an unbelievable year. How can he improve upon that? And now he's improved. His cat, his uh, dribble, uh, off the dribble threes at the top of the key are, he's now shooting like 30 some percent from that range, which is nice. Ooh. <clears throat> A huge well, one over there early season last year. <clears throat> so Giannis has been uh, absolutely incredible. LeBron has obviously also been incredible. Let me pull up all of Giannis's stats here real quick. It's uh it's an interesting debate because I think a lot of people are going to throw Luca in the top three also, which makes sense. He's been so good to start the year, but it's only been like a 10th of the way through the season, not even, and, or just about. And like for someone like LeBron, who his last two games, he really hasn't scored that much. I'm sure they'd be like, Oh, Luca 30 plus points and this and that. But the Lakers are, what are they? Eight and one now? No, sorry, nine and one. They played ten games. Eight and two. Oh, eight and two. Eight and two for the Lakers. Eight and three for the Jazz. Mm. Seven and three for the Rockets. Seven and three for the Nuggets. Seven and three for the Clippers. Six and four for the Mavs. Six and four for the surprising Phoenix Suns. Suns. And then six and four for the Timberwolves. Um, that's your top eight. Gotcha. Meanwhile, the Kings and the Trailblazers are four and six, four and seven. Big disappointments there. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> whereas the bottom four in the league, the Thunder, the Grizzlies, the Pelicans, and the Warriors, uh, pretty much to be expected. Warriors because of all their injuries, Pelicans, Grizzlies, and Thunder because they are rebuilding. We should talk about – I do want to talk nice little segue into uh, the Suns and not Devin Booker. I don't want to talk about Devin Booker. We're not going to talk about DeAndre Ayton's 25-game suspension. What I do want to talk about – Ricky Rubio. No, not Ricky Rubio, though he's been good. Sis-wise, he's always good. Kelly Oubre. <laughs> of course, I want to talk about Kelly Oubre. Uh, he played at Kansas. He was drafted 15th overall by the Wizards a couple years ago, three, four years ago now. He's on the Suns. We signed with the Suns this past offseason. Um, he is currently averaging a career high in minutes per game. He's currently averaging a career high field goal percentage at 47% a career-high three-point percentage at 35% on 3.7 attempts per game, a little bit lower than his career-high in free-throw percentage, but he's shooting a respectable 79%. And he's getting 15.6 points, 5.3 rebounds, 1.5 assists, and a steal and block per game with only 1.6 turnovers per game in his almost 30 minutes. So you don't want to talk about his one-point performance last night against the Lakers? I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> You're correct. All I'm saying is uh, PR-wise, he's chilling at 15.8 on the year, which is slightly down from his 16.4 when he was on the uh, Suns last year, but still above average and just a nice little uh, a nice little showing for a guy that, you know, is clearly going to be third, fourth fiddle on that Suns team. But if you're getting a – 15.8 PER out of your fourth best player. There's a reason why the Suns are shockingly decent. Well, I know you don't want to talk about Devin Booker, but I will because I want to talk about Devin Booker. Because today, post on Instagram a market update on him 
and his cards. As soon as a couple of days ago, they were his PSA 10 base rookie prism was around $120 um, around buy it nows and stuff. One of the buy it nows went for 90 uh, on a steal. And then some auctions around 120. I looked at those and I'm like, man, these are going to be 200 by midseason. Like he's shooting or he's averaging 25 points per game right now, five assists, three rebounds, shooting 51% from three. I'm sure that's not sustainable because that's an insane number. But I mean, just really nice to see a good start to the year. And now as soon as yesterday, they sold one of them sold for 180 on auction. So that was a really quick jump there over the last three days, went from 120 to 180. Um, Suns keep this up and Aiden comes back and might get kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I want to talk about Andre Drummond. I know he's not the sexiest name out there. You got a lot of young names. Um, you know, you got your uh, Jonathan Isaacs that are leading the league in blocks and you got your Lucas that are third in assists, uh, stuff like that. And Luca is fifth in points. You know, Luca's a great player. Um, you got Trey Young, who had a great game last night and has been having a spectacular year. You got LeBron. But I want to talk about Andre Drummond because he leads the league in rebounds, is third in steals, third in blocks, second in turnovers, first in fouls, and 13th in points. He is a top five guy in multiple categories, some good some bad turnovers and personal fouls and 13th in points in the entire league. You're telling me he's number three in steals per game. Third. No, in total steals. Oh, well still, still, still total uh, steals steals per game. He does not hit the top. Oh, he's ninth. 1.8. Ben still Simmons is first at 2.9. Still impressive though. Yeah. Like what is going on with Andre Drummond this year? where he is leading the league in so many categories. He's currently averaging 19.9 points a game, 16.8 rebounds. Yeah, it's ridiculous. 16.8 rebounds. He's averaging 4.8 offensive rebounds a game, 3.1 assists, 1.8 steals, 2.2 blocks. But, but by far has a career-high four turnovers a game and a career-high 4.3 fouls per game. But he is – the Pistons have also played 12 games this year, which is more than most other teams, <clears throat> which is probably why – you know, which is why he's leading the league in a lot of stats. But still, a really good year from him, shooting 56% from the field, which is a career uh, – not quite a career high. His first two years were much higher. Um, he's just dunking the ball the whole time. <laughs> yeah. And he is currently shooting 0% from three – on 0.7 attempts per game. Hmm. Yeah. So Andre Drummond, a very uh, – I, I don't want to say unexpected. He was really good last year. <coughs> but, oh, he's also almost shooting 70% from free throw, which is way better than uh, previous years uh, by almost 99% uh, over his career high. Um, so Andre Drummond is having one of those years where he was pretty good last year, and now he's – on pace to even top that. Which is awesome. Um, I would be remiss. Uh, we got a few more here that I want to talk about real quick. Uh, number one, I want to talk about Devontae Graham because, you know, 
I would be saddened if I did not talk about Devontae Graham for at least two seconds <laughs> in this podcast here. Obviously, we've been preaching Devontae Graham for a while. You know I love Devontae Graham, all of you that listen to these, because I'm a Kansas fan. You know I loved him because he only had Terry Ozier in front of him, who, not great. And uh, I thought he just had an opportunity as a young guy with a bunch of vets on the team to get some minutes so they, they could develop him because there's not much else to develop on the Hornets besides Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Devontae Graham, and Terry Rozier. Um, well, I think, Aaron, you can probably agree. I talked to, you, talked to you about him a lot, but he has definitely outdone even my expectations. Yeah. Would you, would you agree he's outdone yours? Well, he's for sure outdone mine. At first, I was like, I don't know if he's going to outdo Nate's expectations, but the night when he put up like 34 points on like, I think it was seven or five or seven threes and had a couple of rebounds, a couple of assists, I knew that that was the moment when you were like, dang, this is crazy. Yeah. He's currently averaging 31.3 minutes a game, which is really good. That's only two minutes under what Giannis averages per game. <clears throat> he's getting 17.9 points a game. 3.6 rebounds, 7.6 assists, and almost a steal a game with only 2.6 turnovers. He's shooting 42.5% from three on how many threes a game? Take Six. A guess. Six. 7.3. Wow. Shooting 42.5%. Remember when we were talking before the season, you are like, oh, I just hope he can shoot a high enough percent from three? Yeah, well, he was very inefficient in the past, yeah. so. I mean, he shot 2.6 threes a game last year and hit 28% of them. <clears throat> so it's just a nice, a nice showing from Devontae Graham. Obviously, we could use his, his the one drawback to him. Um, there's a lot of good. The one drawback is that his total field goal percentage, his three-pointer is good, but his three-point percentage is higher than his total field goal percentage. He's only shooting uh, 41% from the field. Um, which is not great. I'm not going to sugarcoat that, try to make it sound better. But if he gets a little bit better from in close and those mid-range Jays, you know, he already has a 20.6 PER going through 10 games this season, which is well above average. Uh, if he can keep this up, the Hornets have an incredible piece on their hands. And I think he can. I've seen some moves. You know, he has a little bit of a crossover step back and drained a three the other day. And he had that 35-point game. Guys that aren't good don't have don't do stuff like that. Yeah. His crossover looked like Kemba. Ooh, that you're getting bold out here. Dude, it, I'm I'm just saying his his one shot looked a lot like Kemba. That's all I'm saying. He must have picked up a Kemba. He must have picked up a like, lot from Kemba last year. Probably. It's Gets good. to watch him all, all the time. And you need a player to be able to absorb from their veterans. Yep. And the nice thing about Devontae is that he's a little bit taller than Kemba. Was he 6'3? 6'1. Uh, like five. Dang, that's pretty short. <laughs> not that not that the difference between 5'11 and 6'1 is very helpful when playing defense. But, you know, adds a little bit. Mm -hmm. So. And uh, also, I just realized that I'm older than Devonte Graham, which is kind of a kind of a bummer. Huh? I'm not. <laughs> oh, um, 
really quick here. I just looked up Devontae Graham's prices just in case people are wondering what's happened to them because this is one of, I'd say, he's one of the players of very, very, very low expectations from a general sense of a card market, meaning his silvers were like $3 going to the season. They are now up to 20 on auction, 25 shipped for a silver. And the Optic Hollow got hit on a buy it now for 36 plus $3 in shipping, actually $3.75, closer to 40 for an Optic Hollow. What was that, $3? Maybe even a dollar? You probably because you found all of those on Com C for under five. Well, for sure, because before the season, even optic hollows were like a third or less of what actually probably like a a tenth of what silvers were, and now they're I'll talk about later much closer or higher, um, especially 2018. But crazy, crazy, crazy. Yeah, that's uh, the <coughs> you hold on to if you would have just bought. Devonte Graham and held on to him for a month, you would have ten times your investment. One yeah. month. Granted, it would take a lot to sell all of them. You know, you wouldn't just buy one for one dollar and get twenty dollars. You would have probably wanted to buy like a hundred and then got two thousand dollars, and then it would take you a while to sell all two hundred. Oh yeah, yeah. But if you were able to focus on some of the higher stuff, <laughs> imagine if you would have gotten that. uh that rock chalk one of one flawless logo oh, patch. Well, I didn't want to spend two hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not, you're not finding that card for that cheap anymore. <laughs> nope. Never ever. Um, and then lastly, last player I want to talk about, and then I have a, a, a surprising stat for you at the end. Last player I want to talk about is Malcolm Brogdon. A lot of Bucks fans were upset because we did not resign Malcolm Brogdon. And instead, and instead, in his place, they think we have Eric Bledsoe, which is not true. <coughs> Midway through the year last year, when we signed Eric Bledsoe, the contract was defensible. I think it still is defensible. Um, his defense is really good. He is questionable sometimes, but he has the talent to be able to carry an offense for stretches, just not often enough where you can rely on him uh, any given game. If he has a good game, you you are excited about it, but otherwise it's very, it's very hit or miss with them, but the contract was defensible. I've seen a lot of people that complain that um, they're like, Oh, why do we have Eric Bledsoe instead of Malcolm Brogdon? But it was Eric Bledsoe was playing better at the time. Malcolm Brogdon, while he was shooting super efficient last year in the 50, 40, 90 club, it was on barely any attempts per game. He shot 12 times a game and three and a half threes a game and only 2.4 free throws a game. You know, he wasn't getting a ton of he wasn't getting a ton of uh opportunities, which is why he was so efficient. Um makes the most of the opportunities given to him. The issue that I think most Bucks fans could take was that the Bucks didn't go into the luxury tax to re-sign Malcolm Brogdon when we could have um instead we did a sign and trade with the Pacers, we got a first round pick and two second round picks back. Depends to, uh, it'll be seeing what we get out of that first and two second round picks. Maybe it's helpful in the future and it'll be worth Brogdon going away. But <coughs> I tell you what, Brogdon has been amazing. And I don't think any Bucks fans would have seen this coming for the Pacers this year. And you got to remember Victor Oladipo is out when Victor Oladipo comes back. Maybe these numbers take a hit 
because uh, Oladipo is going to need the ball in his hands. But he's currently averaging 20.7 points a game, 5.2 rebounds, 8.5 assists, and 1.1 steals. But he has a career-high 3.1 turnovers, which is more than double his last career-high. Um, he's also shooting 47% from the field, but only 32% from three, or 33% rounding up from three. But he's shooting 98% from free throw, Aaron. 98? I knew he was amazing from free throw, but that's insane. 98%. Currently averaging 4.5 free throws a game and making 4.4. Like, it is bonkers. He's having an absolutely career year. His PER is 23.5, which is well above average, and it's six points above last year's 17.8, which was a career year for him last year. His value over replacement player is already at 0.6. His uh, box plus minus is 4.5. Um, he's just He already has 1.6 win shares on the year, so he's been absolutely incredible uh, in the early going. But I am very curious to see what happens when Victor Oladipo comes back. Yeah, I am as well. It's going to be interesting. Uh, there's one more player who's playing really well with an injury. Oh, I'm thinking of someone on the Nets, I think, because Katie's out. I can't remember anymore. I'm not sure. That was pointless. Uh, I don't think so. I think it was someone more prominent than him. Maybe it was just people talking about Kyrie. I don't know. Whatever. More prominent than Karis LeVert? Yeah, it'd have to be Kyrie. It's like the only person. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Whatever. And then just uh, to end my little random random segment here, uh, just a quick shout-out to Kobe White. Most of you probably didn't see, but Kobe White last night for the Bulls hit 27 points in the fourth quarter, knocked down seven three-pointers in one quarter Kobe White absolutely ridiculous uh so just a quick little shout out to him yeah that's insane I really like the kid I hope he plays plays well going forward uh, he's fun to watch at UNC and with that that is the end of the statistical segment from Nate and now we are going to run into the optic versus prism kind of a debate not really a debate more of a information uh, giving segment where you guys learn about the differences between these two, uh, how hard they are to grade each year, what the prices are like. Um, Nate, I don't know if you've necessarily been paying attention to it or, or at all, really. Um, I know that, you know, you work in football and baseball a lot. I do a lot of basketball, so it makes sense why I would know. But recently, the Prism Silver versus the Optic Hollow, they both have a rainbow finish. Prism has been a brand since 2012, a product. Um, it was Panini's first staple basketball product, so it's going to have a ton of long-term value, uh, 2012. Plus, there's also a ton of huge names in there, like Anthony Davis rookie, Ka uh, Kawhi Leonard rookie, Kyrie Irving, Damian Lillard, a uh, bunch of guys, Clay Thompson, Jimmy Butler. The list is huge. Um, but So that's been around since 2012. Optics been around since 2016, only in its third year as of 2018. Uh, this year will be the fourth year of Optic. And it always kind of played the second fiddle to Prism because Prism had, has had the long-term uh, brand recognition to it. However, recently, within the last month to month and a half, there has been 
a very, very big wave of demand shifting slash, I don't even really know if it's shifting. It's actually just added demand, which is crazy. It's not like the Prism Silvers are going down in price. Just Optic Hollows are going up in price. So that's a lot more money that's being dumped into the card market just right there. Um, but it's been pretty, pretty crazy to watch. I'll give some examples. So middle of October, Luka Doncic Optic Hollows could be had between like $30 and $40, and PSA 10s were maybe 100 for an Optic Hollow. As of today, a raw optic hollow of Luka Doncic go the most recent auction so last night for five hundred and twenty five dollars. They're selling for thirty to forty in the middle of October, like a month ago. Goodness. The PSA tens, the last three sold for one thousand one hundred. Woo! They're going for a hundred bucks a month ago. You know, not that this really matters. I mean, it kind of matters. <coughs> it doesn't. Uh, just my opinion. I don't ever, ever buy anything, but when I look through all these cards, the optic hollows always have looked better to me than the prism silvers. See, this so that's is just my opinion. This is interesting because I actually agree with that, except for 2017, and we'll talk about that in a little bit here. But I, I do think that 2018 optic hollows they have a black background. Um, it looks like it's like a kind of like a shadow. Um, type background which is really cool and they look really nice and then so to, same 2016 first year optic is probably my favorite looking optic um, it's got some really cool fonts on it and it's like bold player shots like which are really cool but uh, to get back to the main point of all this so looking I'm going to go year by year 2018 2017 2016 the three years that there was prism and optic at the same time because uh, before that there was no optic and I'm just going to walk down what the prices are for hobby boxes as of today, what the prices are for hollows versus silvers of the top two players from each draft, and then what the population PSA, uh, the PSA population report is for each of those players, because that's, that's pretty telling um, in why these hollows are going up so much in price uh, currently. I mean, we're talking about like a 10 times gain in price over the last month in some of these cards. So, for Luka Doncic, already talked about the Optic Hollows, $1,100 as of uh, today, one sold on Best Offer. Yesterday, a Prism Silver PSA 10 auctioned or buy it now sold for $1,100. So those are the same exact in price. Um, it used to be like a $600 card versus a $100 card. Of course, Luka's played amazing. His cards have exploded so far this season. But both those cards are on par right now. Um, if you look at the popula population report for a prism, there's 1,244 PSA 10s and 593 PSA 9 silvers. Total of 1,890 graded PSA cards. Uh, that's including some PSA 8s and whatnot. And the PSA 10 grade percentage is 65.82% of all the silvers uh, are 10s. If you look at the hollows, there's only 91 PSA 10s, so less than 10%. There's only 38 nines, and there's only 129 total, which is way less than 10%. It's, it's like six point something percent probably of the total graded. Those numbers will go way up. Correct. As, as these cards are becoming more valuable, the, the numbers are going to go up. I'm sure it'll be around 20 some percent. It's still not going to be over 500. I doubt it. That would have to mean. 350 more gets sent in for grading. Actually, it might. Now that I think about it, it could. Because this, this is another topic um, of discussion. 
if you look in baseball, when you have a player and their cards aren't really worth much, their update base cards, say Christian Yelich, is worth maybe like 5 to $10 for a while. He has MVP season. Some people are starting to send him and they get graded. Go to around $20 raw. Um, and there's about, you know, there, I think there's like 100 and some PSA 10s for update base. When that card went up to $60, so many people sent them, sent them in to get graded. Uh, the supply of PSA 10s went up and the prices went down. So there is a chance that that could happen here. But the uh, interesting thing I hear is that a lot of people are saying that optic hollows are way tougher grades than prism silvers um, based off of surface issues or centering issues. But for Luka Doncic here, 70.54% of his PSA graded hollows are PSA 10s versus 65.82% of his prism silvers. So I can see where this demand's coming from. There's so many less graded cards of, of these optics and there are prism. So you get, like you only need a 10th of the buying group to get these to go up in price versus for something that's such like so high in supply, you need a way bigger, way bigger uh, demand coming in. But that's where we're at on those. And then if you look at the raw right now, uh, ungraded prism silvers are $400 and then optic hollow ungraded is 525. So that's surpassed prism silvers now. Um, going forward, what do I think is going to be more valuable long-term? Honestly, I have no idea. It's very hard to tell because is this a flash in the pan? I don't know. Is this something that can maintain long-term? I also don't know. Um, it kind of seems like something where you just, if you want to, you have to get one of each. And right now, many, or I'm not saying all of you guys are, but some of you might be priced out of these, these uh, Luca Prism Silvers and Optic Hollows, uh, which is, they're very expensive. So, I'm, you know, it's kind of hard to pick up one of each, but maybe look at something cheaper of Luca. Also, like base prisms are now $50, $60, which is crazy. Um, uh, there's a ton of those. There's like 6,000 PSA 10s. Oh, my. But those, those are the PSA 10s are like 150. The base ungraded is like 50 bucks now. Oh my. So then looking at the at the cost of the hobby boxes for 2018, optic right now is 425 and prism is 520 um, for the cost of the hobby boxes. So clearly those are getting closer in price um, as these things start to as the singles from the car uh, the the products start to level out. Uh, moving on to Trey Young, he has like barely any optic grade uh, graded cards. There's 54 optic hollows graded. Only 43% are PSA 10s, which leads to what we see here. So it's $540 for a Prism Silver PSA 10 as of today. The last Optic Hollow PSA 10 to sell was October 28th, which was over two weeks ago. And his market has for sure moved up by now, the entire market in general, because the raw have went from like 100 to 225 in that time. So you could even say that a, a PSA 10 Hollow Trey Young could be worth as much as 900 because of how low the population of the grading is versus Prism Silver, which has 1,162 PSA 10s and the uh, grade rate on those is 71% are PSA 10s versus 43% for optic hollows. So there must be something with these Trey Youngs. Granted, it's a small sample size. It's only 54. You, you triple that, you get 150 in there. You know, it might go up to like 60%. Um, so that could be closer as well. But pretty crazy seeing these things uh, get so close in price and now even Optic outselling Prism for both Trey Young and Luca, uh, the ungraded versions, because 
The optic hollow for Trey Young is two hundred and twenty-five as of today. Prism Silver ungraded is two hundred dollars um, right now. I don't think anybody. I know you had some posts on optic being the next card, but I don't think anybody would have seen optic overtaking Prism. Oh, see, agreed. Like back in April, I wrote an article on is there going to be a gap closing between these cards? Because it, you know, at a certain point it's just like, okay, how much can something keep on going up in price that there's like 3000 of type of thing or 5,000 of. So I was like, okay, it's at a certain point, you know, people have to realize how many less there are. Maybe it'll get like 5% of the demand from prison maybe, but I had never, you know, I wasn't like, Oh, optic will be worth more than prism someday. I just say, Oh, maybe some people can start buying it. Well, a lot of people have started buying it. In a very, yep. very, very, very quick time period, too. Well, you know, you and I have had conversations with a lot of people. I mean, I just had a conversation yesterday, you know about this, that of a guy that was looking to get into basketball who's been in the hobby for a grand total of three weeks. Um, and we've met a lot of other people along the way that are so many people that are, you know, a year into the hobby or six months into the hobby. And all these people are going to be coming in. I'm looking for cards to buy and there it's not there's not people leaving the hobby it's just a bunch of new people joining it because they all have disposable incomes they're all in their 20s 30s 40s they have kids um <clears throat> and they're looking to get back into it and they're probably all going in and saying oh one card for this amount of money when i can get this optic for one fourth of the price type of thing and now you'll see so many people doing that prices start going up and there's only so many cards to go around for a lot of new people that have disposable income. Yeah, very true. Very true. And that's why, you know, especially when there's things that have a lower barrier to entry for people that don't aren't looking to break the bank right away. Mm-hmm. That's why something like Optic is a good way to get into it. I mean, obviously those people are killing it right now if they held them. Yep. But m- moving on to 2017. Uh, so this is kind of the the ugly the ugly duckling of the, of the three years um, you look at the top tier players and their cards don't sell nearly as much uh, as the 2018 players granted Luca and Trey versus Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum's a whole nother debate. Um, not something we're going to get into today, but you can look at how their, their hollows and their silvers are not nearly at the same level as those two guys. So you can at least compare per player, their prices. And if you look at Donovan Mitchell, his silver PSA 10 from Prism is selling for $350, but his optic hollow is only $100. Look at Tatum, $350 for a silver, $120 for a hollow. And if you look at the Raws, it's about the same. Uh, both are around $150 to $180 for a Prism silver. And then the optic hollow is around $45 for an ungraded version. So these are not experiencing the same exact demand shifts as the other guys. Um, I don't know if that's just because so many people want to buy Trey Young and Luka Doncic cards that they're willing to push the cheaper versions up towards the more expensive ones. It's kind of hard to tell. Um, I can tell you this much, though, is that these are way easier to grade the optic hollows from 2017 than from 2018 because both Donovan Mitchell and Jason Tatum have 167 graded copies of PSA out there, and both of them are between 81% and, and 83%. Yeah, same exact number. 167 and uh Donovan Mitchell has 139 tens and Jason Tatum has 136 tens Jason Tatum trash (laughs) 
So 81% to 83% for these two versus 45% to 60 or 70% for, for Luca um, for 2018. So the graded copies are easier to come by for these two players. Um, the prices are not very close. And also the hobby box prices are not very close. For 2017 Prism, it's $400 for a hobby box. Optic is $200. Uh, part of that has to do with, I have heard that Optic 2017 really just is very hard to pull something good out of. Um, I don't know if it was hard to hit these hollows or if the autographs are hard to hit, whatever it might be. I didn't open the product, just something I've heard. Um, so that's why possibly there's just not this obsession with 2017 just because people weren't, weren't really into the product while opening it. Could be the case. Um, then you move on to 2016. And 2016 very quickly is starting to look really nice with Pascal Siakam. Ben Simmons, of course, is in it. Brandon Ingram's in it. Trash. Malcolm Brogdon. Ben Simmons, trash. I know. You have DeJounte Murray, Jamal Murray, um, guys like that. There's quite a few quality players now in 2016 draft class. And for this, the Hobby Box Prism uh, basketball for 2016 is 650. For Optic, it's 200. So this is another really wide margin here. Uh, ben Simmons hollows. There's 128 PSA 10s with that being 70% gem rate. For silvers, though, there's 122. So this, this is getting a little bit more different because in 2016, the silvers in prison were produced at a super low rate compared to 2018. So like right here, people will still rather buy prison because it's either equal production or a little bit more. Um, and there's 290 silver Ben Simmons cards and only 42% are PSA 10s. So really low rate for Ben Simmons, silver PSA 10s. And also I should say prison was more produced than optic, um, but the rate was just way, way uh, closer. And then you can also see that on the secondary market where $960 for a PSA 10 silver of Simmons versus 425 for an optic hollow PSA 10 of Simmons. And then for Siakam, there is no PSA 10 comp recently uh, for a hollow because there's only 11 in, a, in existence right now, 11 PSA 10s. If you have one, I would suggest sending it in because raw Siakam hollows are going up super fast. Like they were as cheap as $30 a week or two ago. Now the most recent ones are up to 75, uh, probably approaching 100 in the next couple of weeks. And Prism Silvers of Siakam are, are 150 for a raw silver. Most recent PSA 10 silver went 550 though, which is crazy. So quite a bit of diversity there and a big margin between those. And you are probably wondering, what the heck should I think of this all? Um, I just spit out a bunch of different numbers, either dollar signs or percentages and graded uh, populations, this and that. Honestly, it's very confusing. It's something that I'm not even exactly sure how to break this down. Like one way you can look at it is, okay, 2018 Optic is doing very well. It's selling very close to Prism. Um, you know, is this something that I should be looking at for 2017 and 2016 for maybe a gap to close there since you look at Diamond Mitchell Hollows and they're 100 and then PSA 10 Silver is 350. Look at Siakam, 75 to 150. Um, I would honestly say, yes, there's a chance because I've already started to tell that it was kind of first 2018, all these young players are starting to go up. Uh, people are most in love with the, you know, the most recent young player draft classes and stuff. 
They see Trey Young, they see Luca, they want to buy them, they go up. Even guys like Jaron Jackson, Marvin Bagley, Anthony Simons, those type of guys, uh, they're going up Devontae Graham like we talked about earlier. Um, in the next couple of weeks, there could be a shift into, okay, who can I look at next? Because right now I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, I highly doubt that Optic Hollows are going to go up to 300 while Silver is set at 200 uh, for Trey Young. It's probably going to take some, some really big performance type games to boost both of those. But you look at Donovan Mitchell and you can get a raw optic hollow for 45 versus a silver for 180. Maybe you do have room to go up to 75 there without the silver even increasing. Uh, that might be a place that you can play. Or for you know 2016, Pasco Siakam at 75 versus 150. And even there's guys like DeJounte Murray, who I just saw some get listed at 15, and his silvers are like 90. Some guy like that. Someone that you like in 2016. Brandon Ingram is 50 for an optic hollow versus 180 for a prism silver. So there could be some, some chances to make money there. Um, this is probably going to be the most interesting debate and uh, market watch for the rest of the season um, this year. Also, it's going to be even more interesting to look at 2019 optic versus 2019 prism because of, I think that this is happening so close to the releases of these that it's not like that Penny could be like, okay, there's a really large demand for optic now. Let us make more so we can sell more. It's going to be like, okay, we already predicted our demand based off of what it was in June or July or last year, plus a multiplier on top of that. And at that point last year, or that point this year, even as soon as a month and a half ago, they wouldn't have known that more people wanted to buy it. So I think that there could be a chance that 2019 optic could be one of the most undervalued sets thought of right now coming out. Um, everyone's talking about 2018 optic with Luca and Trey. If you can get your hands on some optic, um, also highly suggest looking at your targets for this. I should have said this earlier. Go to your targets, go to your Walmarts. We saw optic basketball over the summer. I was gone when we went back when I started to see that these were going up in price. Um, it wasn't there, but you never know. They could be have some hanger packs or some mega boxes there. Um, definitely go get those because I hear that retail optic has hollows in them at a pretty decent rate i'm not seeing you're gonna hit a ton and i'm not seeing you're gonna hit luca or trey young also it's worth knowing that lebron is worth a hundred dollars from this set and Giannis is worth 25 um another huge note that uh hollows of star players sell for a lot too so it could be it would definitely be worth uh picking up retail optic and i wish that we could find some it kind of stinks we can't but uh fun stuff uh really nice looking cards my 2016 Giannis hollow is one of the best uh best cards I, I like the most aesthetically pleasing I should say that I own I really like it um, really cool cards and stuff like that but I would definitely keep your eye out for 2019 optic I would try to see if you can get some deals on your favorite players from 2016 or 2017 uh, might be some gap closing there um, but yeah it's kind of like what I have for that segment Nate do you have any thoughts on that I know that uh, it's probably not all there's a lot of it's probably pretty new um, I guess my only thought is that I'm a little saddened by the fact that we saw so much optic chilling at Walmarts and targets this summer. Or even not even just at Walmarts and targets at Brewtown for probably discounted prices. Well, there are, there are still optic boxes at Brewtown, the mega, the mega boxes, but they're the, uh, they are the shockwave ones with eight packs of shockwave cards and, or full set of shockwave cards and two packs of optic so you could get a box for $50 and hope you run into uh, a Luke or a Trey in there and you'd be good to go. 
<laughs> yeah, you would be set. Uh, are they selling it for 50 or are they higher than that? They're 50. Oh, not bad. Not only are they 50, but you also get entered into a drawing for a Giannis signed picture. I might need to do that tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think that that's pretty much going to close her down here. Uh, Nate, any more thoughts on the NBA in general right now? A lot of, lot of depth to teams. You know, not, not a ton of top-heavy top heavy, uh, teams. The, the East is Celtics 8-1, Heat 7-3, Bucks 7-3, Sixers 7-3, Raptors 7-3, Pacers 7-4, and, and then you have a slew of teams that are 4-6, 4-6, 4-6, 4-7, 4-8. And then the bottom of the league and the Western Conference is the same way. You have eight teams between eight and two and six and four, and then a team that's five and five, and then some four win teams and stuff. But a ton of parity, which we knew coming in because a lot of the super teams disbanded or got injured. Just uh, incredible parity. You can't go into any single game expecting to win this year, I don't think, unless you're playing maybe like the Knicks or the Wizards. Otherwise, uh, or the Warriors, now that um, Steph, and Steph is out. <coughs> but uh, a ton of parity in the early going, which is really fun. Um, excited to watch a ton of NBA games this year because you just don't know what's going to happen night in and night out. Yeah, very fun. I love the, the duos and all the, the really good role players this year versus your three best players on like two or three teams. Yep. You know we're going to make the finals. So it's super fun. I am so excited to see this season go along. And I'm not trying to rush the season, but NBA playoffs are going to be awesome this year. Oh, yeah. Well, they're going to be awesome until the Bucks underwhelm and then we're super disappointed and then we stop watching basketball because uh, we're salty and sour. Like last year? Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's not think about that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Today is Wednesday, rest of the week. I am leaving for Nebraska to go hopefully see the Badgers beat them. So I will not be able to get Seems unlikely. Yeah, whatever. Four and five or four and six, what a trash team. Uh, the Nebraska Cornhuskers, that is. Uh, so this is it for the podcast this week. We will have our normal Instagram scheduled content coming out with some mini articles towards the end of the week. Nathan will do some research on some things. Uh, I will get a few posts out. Um, and with that, thank you guys for listening to our NBA smorgasbord podcast of optic and different statistics and different fun thoughts on the NBA. Hope you guys have a good rest of the day and we will talk to you guys next time.